What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Thoughts by the Ville Diada Podcast. What you doing Wednesday? We've brought you authors, we brought you directors, we brought you NFL athletes, people from Sharp Week, and now I'm bringing you another author. But this time, you're going to get a little insight because this is an author whose book isn't out yet. So you're going to get a little sneak peek into what this book is about and uh, where she's coming from and everything. And, and hopefully, it'll inspire you in more ways than one to go out and get this book. Today, I have Francis Dupree. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time out to talk to me. I know you you busy over there. I was reading um, your uh, your press kit that you sent me, and I saw that you had, what was it, nine kids? Eight yes, boys I and have, a daughter? Yes, eight sons and one daughter. That's correct. Yeah, so I know that your life is very busy, <laughs> so I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time out to talk to me. So, of course, um, no problem. She is a... Uh, do you want to tell the people your name of your book, the, the book that you have coming up? So the name of my book is called Marrying Outside of God's Will. It's actually going to be published this week. Um, we just sent it out for publishing. So fingers crossed everything goes well and it'll be available to purchase to the public. Um, and we're take, I'm taking pre-orders at the moment. But yeah, it's not out exactly yet. But my goal is to have it available to the public no later than this friday all right that's awesome now before we get into dive into the book i like to let the people know get the people uh familiar with who francis dupree is so who is francis dupree it's interesting that you um asked me that question because for a long time i didn't know who francis was i only knew the titles that i held um, being a wife, a mom, a daughter, a sister, a friend, student, employee, and of course, a child of God. But I had to take the time to learn who Francis was all over again. Um, so in doing so, I learned that I have a heart of God that I love to help people. I learned that my favorite color is red because I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I've learned that I'm very indecisive at times. I'll say that I want to do something like purchase this laptop, but then I'll go to another store and see another one. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this laptop back and go get go get the one that I just saw. That sounds so, so familiar I, to me. <laughs> yeah, I drive my husband and my friends crazy with that. They're like, you're so undecisive that it just gets on my nerves. We know when you say one thing, more than likely you're going to change it to something else. Um. I've also learned that when I'm hurt or I'm angry or I have something going on, I like to shut myself out to those around me. Like people have to reach out and be like, Francis, what's going on? You're texting me, but you're only using one word or I haven't seen you today or you're not being yourself. So what's going on? So that's something else that I learned. And also I have goals. My goal is to, um, 
be a criminal defense attorney. Mm -hmm. There's so many cases in the world right now when people are incarcerated for something that they didn't do or because they couldn't afford the right attorney. So they had a public defender that basically told them, oh, just take a deal. And they sat there and served 20 years, 30 years behind bars, and then come to find out after a DNA test or some other testing or new evidence is brought forth from a case or somebody feels guilty for lying on the stand, it's found out that they're innocent. There was a recent case where this guy was still executed, even though they found out that he was innocent. Yeah, I read about that. My goal is to become a criminal defense attorney and be able to be a voice for those that can't be a voice for themselves. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to build an empire, a legacy for my children. I want to leave them property and um, something that they can move forward and build on themselves. Yeah. So that's who Francis is in a I, nutshell. I think that's dope because uh, I see often how uh, people don't take that in account in as far as leaving something for that next generation so that they don't have to start at point A. I've noticed that a lot of the people who are a lot of people that are that are more successful or on average, you know, uh, um or more successful or more stable, I guess might be a better word, were the people who had some t- some sort of cushion, some sort of something to where like they didn't have to come out of school in debt or they had a, a house that they can move in after when they first started their career, when they got married and things like that. I think too often parents don't take into account that, yeah, you have to live your life and, you know, accomplish your goals and the things that you want for yourself, but you should also be building something to give that your child that head start. You know, I think that's dope that you said that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, I grew up, I was a foster kid growing up. So basically I started from zero, didn't know what I was doing, you know, grasping at straws and I've made a lot of mistakes in life. So if I can give my children just a little bit of a head start with them still knowing that nothing is handed to you and you still have to work for everything that you want, but just enough to a start to where they're not starting from rock bottom and hopefully they don't make some of the mistakes that I've made or some of the mistakes that their dad made and life can start off easier for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm just curious being that you have your, this, 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 this beautiful large family over there. I saw the pictures on the website. What are the ages of your children? So I have a 13 year old, 12, 11, 10, nine, and eight and then i have a four-year-old a three-year-old and my baby girl is nine months Mm. and with all that going on people she still is managing to put together her book and strive towards her goals there's no excuses out there people now um mary outside of god's grace outside of god's will oh my bad mary outside (laughs) of god's will what is this book about? Um, this book is a journey. I think it's a journey. Um, in the beginning of the book, I was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. My first love 
had um he went to jail and then while he was in jail he broke up with me so i was heartbroken in the middle of the book in the beginning and then i was basically trying to find myself trying to figure out how to live with this hole that i felt that i had in my life um i started building a relationship with god i got into another relationship uh that lasted for 12 and a half years and i ended up we were married for four years so the book is basically me trying to find francis in the midst of being in a relationship that no disrespect to my ex-husband i have the utmost love and respect for him but it was doomed from the start that's just the honest to god's truth um so i speak on the depression that i went through um i went through poverty i was homeless with my kids sometimes i went to jail um i attempted suicide a couple of times there was some domestic violence from the both of us um sometimes i was the victim sometimes he was the victim Mm -hmm. so i just talk about all of that my children started acting up so i had problems with that but in the midst of everything that was going on God never left me. Like he was always, there was a blessing always around the corner. So that's just like the book in a nutshell. And I feel like it's time to tell my story, to tell my testimony, because I had a lot of behind the scenes battles um, mentally, like with depression and attempting suicide and having panic attacks. And um, that's not something that people are willing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you go to church, not trying to talk about anybody's church or ministry, but it's usually like uh, encouraging messages. The most I heard about suicide is when the pastors, some of them started killing themselves. Mm. And then after that, it was like we didn't hear about it too much anymore. So I feel like everything that I went through was necessary so I can let other people know they're not alone. And God hears those late night cries and those late night tears. And we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. There's not one perfect person in this world, even though some people try to act like they are, but they're not. My book is raw. Um, In the beginning, the language is very vulgar. Mm -hmm. But as I mature in the book, the language in the book matures. The writing, the maturity level in the book matures. So that's something that I always try to, you know, let people know up front. If you're that Christian that, you know, you're saved, sanctified, ain't never made a mistake in your life, don't read the book because it's going to, it's not going to sit well with you. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she said that. But for the people that are struggling or, you know, worried like, oh, I made this mistake. What if God doesn't forgive me? That's not true. I've done any and everything you can think of under the sun. And God still blesses me. And he's not a perspective of person. So I just, that's the book in a nutshell. I just want to share that with people. Yeah, and they, they say, uh, I heard somewhere, I can't remember that, you uh, a story is best told in the language that it was written in. So mm-hmm. you have to, some, when, you, as, when you're telling a personal experiences, you have to use that, the vernacular that was used at the time so you can get that. Uh, uh, breathe that energy into it you know that's how I feel about it, it as a creator now um yeah. was there a pivotal moment or what inspired you to want to share your story with the world like that 
So when I was in Bible college, I kept saying I was going to write a book called Marrying Outside of God's Will. This was like towards the end of my last marriage. And I just kept saying it. So I was divorced and I was bitter. I was really, really bitter. And I sat down and I started writing the book. But when I first started writing it, I made my ex-husband to just be this monster, which he's not. So I stopped writing. And then I got into another relationship, which is old but new. Mm -hmm. And through being loved the way that I needed to be loved and starting to be happy, I sat down and I started writing the book again. But this time it was out of love and out of a different perspective. Like I was level-headed. I didn't have the bitterness anymore. I didn't have the anger. I didn't have the hate. So I wasn't making him out to be anything that he wasn't. And I was also discussing things that I did as well. One night I was in the car with one of my sisters and she was on the prayer line and I was like, give me the number I want to get on. So mind you, not even my husband knows that I'm writing this book. Only like two or three people knew about it. So I get on the prayer line and the guy's like, you need to, the prophet, he says, you need to stop starting and stopping that book. Mm. He said, um, there's souls that are waiting for this book. And I was just immediately started crying because I'm like, nobody knew about this. So at that moment, I felt like God had given me an assignment and I had to complete it. So after that, I just kept going. Like I didn't stop anymore. Every free chance that I had, I was up two, three in the morning, just writing on my cell phone. I was just writing. And that's one thing that I noticed too, um, about people, they want to write a book, but they're like, where do I start? Mm-hmm. I just wrote, I didn't break anything up. In the chapters, I didn't put paragraphs. I just wanted to get everything down on the paper. Once I got everything down in Google Docs, um, my publisher took it from there. But once I realized, like, it was really an assignment and there were souls waiting, like, that's deep. Another person's soul is waiting for me to tell my story. And then another thing that he said was, stop holding things back. Be honest. And that really resonated with my spirit because it was like, there were some things that I'm like, no, I can't put that in there. People are going to judge me. They're going to look at me. But when he said that, it's like, okay, somebody else must be going through a similar situation or something close to this for him to say, basically be transparent. So that's what I started to do was to be transparent. As a matter of fact, Last week on Tuesday, I started Transparent Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on my Facebook page. Okay. What's the name of that page for the people? Um, Francis Dupree Okay, is the it's, name of my Facebook page. It's just on your personal page? Yeah, it's just okay. on my personal page. I don't have a separate author's page or ministry page. I have a website, but I don't, I don't have a separate page because okay. at the end of the day, I'm still Francis. I'm mm-hmm. still the same person that, you know, was homeless and lived in poverty and went to jail. And, you know, I'm still that person. I'm just on a different journey in life right now. So I didn't separate the two. It's all on one page. And on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. every week, um, I'm going to go live and talk about those difficult topics. Nice. Y'all make sure y'all check that out. Um, So how... How difficult was it or was it difficult for you 
going through the process of writing and telling those stories, really I, like reliving those situations that you've been through and, and actually having to sit there and rethink it and put it, you know, uh, uh, document it, you know, for the people. How difficult was that for you? Did you experience any, like, uh, uh, um, I don't know, like just, was it a was it an emotional thing where you had to, like check yourself and say, no, well, I'm going to get through this. Or was it, were you just so ready to deliver that message that it just poured out of you? Um, it, it was a combination of both. There were some things that was just kind of like, okay, I have to get this out. There were situations where I didn't want to remember it. Some things, even after I sent the book to my publisher, she sent it back to me to a final edit. And she said, some of these things you didn't explain all the way. And it seems like something is missing. And before she did that, some things started coming back to memory to where I put them in a closet and completely forgot. Mm. And God brought them back to me. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't fit in any other part of my life. So this has to be something that I have to put in this book. But some things were hard. Some things, um, there's some things in there about me being as a mom and some decisions that I made. And just the, my mindset now and where my mindset was back then, mm-hmm. I was mad at myself. I was hurt. Like, really? You almost did that? Like, you're crazy. And, you know, this is something that I almost did or I thought about doing. So some of it was really hard and it was like really reliving something. And I had to pray through it. But now I feel like a sense of relief. Like, there's no secrets. There's nothing hidden in the closet anymore. It's just all out there. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to be judged. I know people are going to have things to say, or they might look at me a certain way or, you know, people that were around during these things that were going on are probably, Oh, I knew it. I knew it. But my thing is it's okay with God. My husband knows everything my older children, which um, were involved in some of the situations, we've had conversations and they're okay. So I'm good. I have my support system. So I feel like I'm good now. That's awesome. It's it's awesome that you got to that point. And it's also amazing how the mind works. You made me think of, um, like when you said the, the stuff started coming back to you, it's amazing how we're, our mind is able to put things in these closets and tuck them away. And we just forget mm-hmm. We forget that they ever even happened. It's like whole parts of, of your life. I experienced that myself um, when I started doing my show. Because uh, every once in a while on Fridays, I'll share just different stories of me growing up. And it was times where it was like, I'll be telling a story, then I, I just have to stop and stop recording and be like, wait, because you know, the, the memories start coming back. You're like, dang, I forgot all about this part of that. You know what I mean? That's, uh, that's the human mind or something else in the way we, right. way we find ways to cope with, uh, you know, our anxiety and our fears and so on and so forth. Yeah. Because sometimes it's too much to handle and people have mental breaks from that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a defense mechanism. We just tuck it away in a little storage closet somewhere in our brain so we don't have to remember it or to relive it. 
Yeah. So how much has um, your involvement in church and your relationship with God helped you deal with, you know, those different issues of the anxieties and the things like that in your life? Honestly, my relationship with God saved my life. Um, like I said, there were a few suicidal attempts. Um, there's one actually in the book and a neighbor that I had at the time, I was writing notes, letters, and she just like walked in my apartment. And she said, I knew something was going on. She said, I just felt you in my spirit. You were over mm. here crying. And she like literally came and prayed with me and talked me through it. So I feel like my relationship with God is the reason I'm still here and I'm at where I'm at in my life. Because I know uh, a lot of people, a lot of times we run away from the things that could help us the most, whether it be God, whether it be something like therapy or counseling or anything. A lot of times we'll run away from the things that will really help us out the most. So I'm definitely glad that you found you know, that relationship that was able to save you, save you. And now you're able to come and share and help others out there that may be going through something through the message that you're about to deliver in this book. I think that's real dope. I'm always heavily impressed with authors, just the, just the, the way that you guys have that due diligence to put together a piece of work like that, because it, it's not easy, but, um, the next question I want to ask, well, not really even a question. Uh, we spoke about pre, uh, pre in pre-recording. You had an excerpt that you were willing to share with us today. Would you mind sharing that? Yes, I do. It's um, an excerpt of the first chapter. It says, I was heartbroken. What did I do wrong? Why didn't he love me the way that I love him? How could he show me pure and genuine love and then turn his feelings off like water? These were my daily daily thoughts after reading his later his letter. Years later, I would find out that I didn't read the letter the right way. Even though I was completely broken on the inside, on the outside, I acted as if there was nothing wrong. I acted as if I was just striving and trying to find my way through life. I couldn't allow what I was feeling and thinking on the inside to show on the outside. This would make me vulnerable and it would give others the opportunity to judge me. When I was all alone, all I would do is cry and scream. First, I lost my best friend, lover, provider, and supporter to jail. He was all of that, plus so much more to me. Then he writes me and tells me not to wait for him. I was lovesick. I was so in love with him that the daily functions in life became a struggle. I no longer had the motivation to drag myself out of bed and go out about my day. I couldn't stand the sight of myself in the mirror. But something inside of me wouldn't allow me to give up. I would say a little prayer and cry out to God every morning and every night. Then I would give myself a little speech all just to get out of bed. Once I was out of bed, the real Francis was left behind. I put on the fake happiness and smiles while all along with every step I took, I was dying on the inside. So that's just a little portion of chapter one. Um, I have that on my website. Hopefully that intrigues readers to want to continue reading the book. Man, um, something that caught my attention when you said the letter, you didn't read it the right way. What do you mean by that? 
So there's a part two to marrying outside of God's will. Part two is marrying inside of God's will. Mm. So life does a full circle. You definitely got my attention. I'll tell you that much. Now, um, what I like to do uh, in every show is to try to drop something that could possibly help somebody out. So speaking to the young ladies out there that may be going through something similar to what they've heard you speak on today, what advice would you give them to keep going forward? My advice would be um, not to give up that the promises that God made them and what they're crying out for is literally within arm's reach. I've noticed in life, when you're at that breaking point and your back is up against the wall and all you can do is cry out from the death of your soul, your breakthrough is right there. And the crazy thing is the enemy tries to get you to that point to where you just give up on God, give up on yourself, give up on everything. But if you just hold on a little bit longer, could be a day, could be a couple hours, could be a week, the breakthrough is right there. So my thing would be don't give up and just hold on a little bit longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a... There's a saying, I can't remember who said it, but there's a saying that says, um, if you're going through hell, then keep going, because why would you stop in hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite quotes. I have a million quotes that I, I carry around with me, just I can randomly sprout, you know, time to time. It makes me feel good about myself. Those are good to have, though. <laughs> they get you through um, the most difficult times. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, how long did it take you to put this together? Um, when I actually started, like really sat down and found out this was an assignment, I'd say maybe six to eight months. Okay, man, it's just it, like I say, it just amazes me. Writers amaze me the way that you you guys are able just to put those put words together like that man it's 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 something else it's a real it's a real talent to be honest with you i didn't even know that i had this talent inside of me like (laughs) i said my goal is to be an attorney so i'm in school right now finishing up my bachelor's of criminal justice nice this was something that like god kind of just dropped into my lap and i was just like okay well, I got to be obedient because I know how it is not to be obedient. <laughs> I don't want to live that life anymore. So I've discovered something new in myself in the process of doing this. And it feels good to start a project and see it all the way through. Definitely. Definitely. Were you able to um, speak with the, the, the person from the, that prayer line and tell them that you delivered that message? Yeah, I reached out um, actually to his wife on Facebook. I have a book release and signing planned on April 25th. With everything that's going on in the world, I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm keeping that updated on my website. But I invited them 
and they told me if they were able, because I live in the high desert um, of California in Victorville, mm-hmm. and they live down, I think, in LA. So they said if they had the transportation that they were that they would come. But I was such a blessing to them because I'm proof, you know, that he still hears from God and that his prophecy came true. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys are on a full lockdown in California right now, right? Yeah, a lot of things are closed. You're not supposed to go out unless it's for essential. And then um, 10 o'clock is like the curfew until 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm. So, yeah, we're on lockdown. Yeah, see, here in Georgia, it kind of varies from city to city. Most of our things like bars and clubs and uh, movie theaters and stuff like that are closed down. But, you know, of course, the grocery and all the food places are are still open and uh, my daughter actually is she lives in Stockton California with her mom her mom went out there for pharmacy school and they're supposed to fly back out there tomorrow so I'm like eh, y'all sure you won't just <laughs> hang out here <laughs> right but you know her, her mom has to go back to work but of course she's out of school gonna be doing online so I was like yeah you just want to hang out here you know it's kind of we got a little bit more leeway, I would think, but you know, hopefully, all this is uh, um, teaches us the lesson that is set out to teach us, and we can move past it pretty soon. So, if you do are able to have that that uh, book event, where will it be? Um, it would be in Victorville, California, at the community center off of Hesperia Road. Um. I was also thinking, worst case scenario, maybe I could change the location to a church. I don't know. I'm playing around with the idea. Um, I'm praying about it because I do have a guest speaker, Apostle Elisa George. I have an awesome host, uh, Kelly Williams. I have the most amazing event planner in the world, Carly Palmer, my publisher, Lisa James. Like, I have a whole team. Mm-hmm. So we're just praying and we're just like waiting for God to lead us. If anything, that week, because it's the last Saturday of April, I'm hoping if I have to postpone it, that I'm able to postpone it and say, well, this is the new date. So that's what I'm praying about right now. Okay. And you said you're taking pre-orders right now. Where can the people go to order that book? Um, I'm taking pre-orders by Zelle with the telephone number 760 five five two two seven seven three also by cash app um of course the dollar sign m z as in zebra lady dupree which is my last name paypal um with my email address francis dupree together zero nine one zero at gmail.com the cost is twenty dollars and i will first class mail the book um provided you know with the address and the cool thing is it's not that you're just going to get a book in the mail mm-hmm. i have like a whole little package and things like that with a thank you so it's like an experience when you open the package to receive my book it's not just a book in the envelope okay people so you hear that you're gonna get a little goodie bag you know with some unknowns gotta buy the book if you want to find out what's in there <laughs> now before we get out of here, 
Uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover? Oh, my website is God's, G-O-D-S dash will, W-I-L-L dash ministries, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot com. All of my information is on that website. Um, you're able to order the book through the website. My team is on the website. You're able to contact me on the website. So all of the information is on my website. And also, like I said, I can be contacted on social media. I'm so thankful for this time that I had with you and for allowing me to share not only about my book, but about myself as well. No problem. I'm grateful that you took the time out to talk to me. And you also said, uh, I don't want to leave that out. I want to mention one, one more time, Tuesdays at 6, 6 p.m.? Yes, Transparent Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Every Tuesday will be a different subject. Um, like this Tuesday is going to be on domestic violence, but it's not going to be about women getting beat up. It's the behind the scenes and different aspects of domestic violence that people don't think about or they even discuss. So you'll have to tune in to see. Yeah, and that's Francis Dupree on Facebook. You can check that out. Um, what else do I got? Do I got anything else? It, it feels like there was something else I wanted to say <laughs> before, but I can't think of it. So y'all make sure y'all go and check out that Transparent Tuesday. Oh, Pacific Time. That's what I wanted to say. It's Pacific Time. 6 p.m. So for those of you guys that listen to me on the uh, the East Coast, that'll be what like 9 p.m. for us. So don't don't come jumping on at uh, 6 Eastern time and then start messaging me say Deville, Deville, what's going on with the show? <laughs> it's 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um. I think you and I are friends on Facebook. If not, I'll send you a friend request. Okay. So when I go, when I start doing it, because I tag people in it, I'll tag you in it that way. If you miss it or anybody that's friends with you on Facebook want to see it, um, that'll be available. Thank you. I definitely share that. So as always, I love and appreciate each and every last one of y'all that tune into the show weekly. I really do appreciate it because without you guys, there'd be no show. I'd just be talking to myself. Y'all make sure that you check out Francis Debris on Facebook. Y'all go over and check out that website. And if you're feeling it down in your bones, you make sure to pre-order that book so you get that pre-order package, Mary Outside of God's Will. I nailed it that time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Once again, thank you for uh, talking to me. I really appreciate you. And y'all have a great day. You too.